Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello, everyone. I hope that you had an amazing holiday um, this past Thursday and got some opportunity to eat some good food and hang out with your family. And I hope that you also had a chance to uh, acknowledge our Native American heritage and our indigenous people in this country as well. And um, the suffrage that has happened to our people during that particular time. Uh, As someone who is uh, black and uh, Native American, it is a very interesting um, combo of feelings during that particular time because I was raised on the holiday very much so being a time for uh, communion with my very much black family (laughs) and then also um, digging into our own heritage as a uh, Native American. So, you know, kind of toe the line between um, being a producer on this show and providing good content and things that make people happy and at the same time having to acknowledge the the depth and the harshness that has happened in our world so we can heal. And something I found was really interesting is that last week our episode about can we heal racism from the inside out actually had about half of the listenership than we normally have in our metrics for shows. And it's it's a tough point, and I, I hate to highlight it, um, but I felt a way about it because in, in my heart of hearts, uh, I don't believe that we should be out here cherry-picking our healing. And I know this is like just a podcast and you know, it's like you want to listen to what seems interesting to you. Um, but given that my audience is predominantly a majority that is not black, um, I found that kind of it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And maybe I'm taking it too personal and it's cancer side of me. Um, but I felt like, wow, like in, in all of the things that we talk about, and all of the healing that we talk about on this show and how we talk about being better and one and, you know, all of it, that, that when we topic something that's kind of hard or, or we kind of confront something that's really hard, um, for a lot of people that at least the listener based on the show didn't want to listen to that. And, so I'm not, I'm not here to reprimand anybody. I'm not here to, you need to listen to this, you know, like you listen to what you want to listen to, but it's just something I noticed. And it's something I thought and found very interesting that when we are talking about being healers and having uncomfortable conversations so we can get past our trauma, that this is something people would rather avoid. 
that's all I'm going to say about it. So, uh, <laughs> let's move on to some, I guess, lighter things. Um, uh, today we have a really amazing episode and we're going to talk all about astrology and we're having Deborah Silverman on and she is just an incredible light and she's so funny. We had, a, you'll hear, we had such a good, good time on the show. Um, we are essentially getting ready to promote, she has this amazing free 10 day course, um, you know, and it's about all about astrology and the kind of, she calls them gremlins, but, <laughs> um, the things that kind of block us in our life. And it's, it's somewhat of like a little astrological boot camp. It's free and it's 10 day live experience where psychology meets astrology. And so she's talking about, you know, how to ditch your sneaky saboteur and open the door to your higher self to fulfill your destiny. So it's astrological awakenings immersion. And, uh, you can, we'll, we'll leave, the 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 episode footnotes, but you can go to Deborah Silverman astrology.com and click on the, uh, immersion link. It should be really fun. And I'm actually speaking on the first day of, you know, kind of like, why don't I fit in? Where are my people at? And this is another little saboteur that we have, uh, in our growth process. So come register again, it's free. Um, we can hang out and I'm on the, the first day, obviously, you know, go to all days, but if you can, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's something that I'm excited to promote in partnership with Deborah on, um, you know, besides that, we have a few housekeeping details per usual, um, uh, on the end, uh, in the middle of this episode, uh, me and Deborah, she shows my chart. Um, and so if you want to become a Patreon member, you can see our chart on there. It's patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah. We have a workshop coming up about how spirit speaks to you. That is on the fifth at 10 AM CST. And we have our mystery school, which is a part of, um, our community where we, uh, help each other, um, deepen our spiritual gifts and learn how to become psychics and mediums and card readers. And we're able to practice within a community setting and talk about our fears and talk about our struggles and talk about our strengths. So that's something really, really exciting that um, we're starting also on December 5th. That's going to be at 1 p.m. CST. Um, in order to do all of our workshops, it's a $10. You have to be a $10 member on Patreon. And uh, in order to do our mystery school, it's the mystery school tier. Uh, that's $25. So if you want to be a part of that and hang out with us, that would be amazing. Also, we have a giveaway um, on my Instagram right now that is um, you share the post that says, are you looking for a new podcast? It's the latest post I have up right now, but if you can't share that one, um, you can always share your favorite episode with the hashtag spiritual shit with Aaliyah. And we're going to be giving away an hour session with me where you can ask me any questions about the show, uh, any, any spiritual questions you have. Um, we can even do a mini reading. It's an hour, uh, time just to hang out and kiki with me. So, uh, if you want to be a part of that, share your favorite episode or share that post and um, make sure to tag me in it and hashtag spiritual shit with Aaliyah. We are going to be announcing the winner next Monday. So um, yeah, that's all the things we got. So let's get into today's episode. When Deborah Silverman was just 20 years old, she met an astrologer who blew her mind and changed her world forever. She had officially been introduced to the world of astrology, and it was then that she realized the stars in her own world had aligned just right. She had found her life's purpose. Deborah went on to study the mind and body, earning a bachelor's degree in psychology and dance from York University and a master's degree in clinical psychology from Antioch University. 
Over the past 40 years of professional experience and private practice, she has specialized in helping thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements, water, air, earth, and fire. Her work with families, individuals, and couples has her standing out in a sea of therapists and coaches. Deborah's approach understands that there is no one-size-fits-all. Deborah has developed a unique psychological spiritual model combining her expertise in esoteric soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychology to help those going through major life changes, especially in crisis. She custom designs her therapeutic approach with each individual using astrology and psychology as a magical healing combination. What makes Deborah different is not only her honest and direct style, but her fun and non-traditional way that she breathes new life into ancient practice. Her goal is to connect with you on a deeper level to help you heal while making you laugh and accepting you just the way you are. Please welcome Deborah to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have astrologer guru Deborah Silverman, uh, who is I mean, you've been in the game for a while and I'm super excited to hear all your knowledge that you have for everybody here today. Say hello. 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 And some of you guys have, uh, who have followed the show a lot and who watch YouTube have probably heard of her. Um, I'm really excited to hear about uh, your perspective on astrology and even hear your insights, uh, to my chart, which, um, they've. I think will be really interesting for our audience to hear because they seem to know me pretty well. <laughs> uh, before we get into that though, can we do a brief introduction and just hear about, you know, your life, you know, what brought you to have such an expertise in this area and why are you so fascinated with astrology? Such a great question. I am so in love with astrology. <laughs> you know, I'm a Gemini and I'm supposed to be fickle and change my mind and do a million things, but I have been doing astrology nonstop for over 44 years. So I never get bored. I find this topic the most confirming, like in the name of spiritual shit, this is the real thing. Here's where I land. Here's an anchor that is immovable for 5,000 years, that was the template or the architecture of the human psyche, because you may know I also have a master's in clinical psychology. So I've combined psychology with astrology way back when I was very young, I started that path. And nothing has held more substance, more really stable substance than astrology. And so when you ask, it's kind of like, why am I in love with this person? You know, you want (laughs) to, like when you fall in love and you're like, I love everything about you. That's how I feel about astrology. Like sometimes I want to write a love letter to astrology because it's a doorway for me to have compassion for all the weirdos, for all the humans that I call them Griswolds, all these Griswolds that I can't relate to. But then I look at the chart and go, oh, I totally understand why you can't talk. Oh, I understand why you're so bossy. And then I have this sense of deep compassion. It really is real. I think it's because secretly, if we can swear, because you talk about a spiritual shit, I think secretly I'm a bitch. And the way that, I, <laughs> the way that I'm, I medicinalized my bitch was I learned astrology and then that she went away. Hmm. That's not very nice, but it's true. <laughs> you know, hey, we're, we're here authentic. Like we're here to be authentic. Um, I'm, I'm interested because like you're a clinical psychologist or are trained to be one. And I know that you also have a lot of uh, deep knowledge in Jungian psychology, which we're a very big fan of this on the show. My, my partner even is like obsessed with Carl Jung. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, what happened in your life that, first of all, I know that you got your first reading when you were 18. 
Um, and from there, it just probably I'm like spread. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. I'm a psychotherapist, but my <laughs> master's is in clinical psychology. Got I just it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, how do you draw the, the connections between the, that clinical side and the astrology side? Cause it's my belief that astrology is actually very, very entangled. It's astronomy to me. It's a science, um, yes. but a lot of people take astrology as very much this kind of woo woo mystical thing. And I'm like, there's so much information that has to come together in order for, from, from eons in order for that to be something that we, it's not just like your daily horoscope. Like there's a lot that has been put into it over 5,000, 6,000, maybe more years. Um, so like, how are you drawing the connection between those two and bringing those down to earth for other people? To <laughs> it's funny taking them up and bringing them down. <laughs> um, I would say the therapist in me and First of all, I want to say this. Carl Jung was quoted to say he was Carl Jung was an astrologer. Do you know that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. Many people know that. So he was quoted to say psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology. Mm-hmm. So he was all about this devotion to a sign. He had to be secretive. He couldn't tell people his daughter executed all the charts mm-hmm. and every session he did as me, every session I do did, I was once a very um, active therapist. The chart was in front of me and I'd be able to look at them and go, no, you can't get mad at yourself. You for being so sensitive. That is not a bad trait. That's mm-hmm. ca- cancer. If you're a cancer Scorpio, that is who you are. Oh, really? I can be myself. And now it's no longer. That's what Carl Jung was hoping to do with the Jungian approach of the mandala and the astrology. And that's the answer to your question. I never have ever separated the two. The human psyche is a divine, I think, bad design. Is that bad to say? <laughs> no. The human design of the human psyche that's built with greed and ego and possessiveness and fear is really bad design. However, the astrology is the high road to all those impulses. It changes, like you can go from your cancer. So that's named after a disease. <laughs> there, there. So it starts with, oh, I'm a cancer. Like I have all that you read about it. They're so sad. And there's so, that's not true. In esoteric law, Cancer is the highest sign of the 12, because if you can master the human condition, Mm -hmm. if you can accept your pain body and not resist it, and you use emotions as the human element that makes you very authentic and real, there's not a more real sign than cancer. Mm -hmm. Like what happens when you get diagnosed with cancer? Immediately, you call your family, you call your best friends, you change your life, you change your diet. Cancers are really proactive people who say, keep me safe. They're a little nervous, right? Keep me safe. Keep me safe. What do I got to do? So they study and they're not, as they describe in the low level of cancer, mm-hmm. regular human, the poor little sign called, no, one of the strongest, most resilient signs in Alice Bailey, who's my teacher, esoteric law. She wrote 19 books in the 1920s and thirties. She said, cancer, get this, the last incarnation in Dalai Lama's a cancer The last incarnation is cancer, because if you can master the human condition with compassion, Mm. then you graduate. Mm. I had chills when you said that. (laughs) That's you. And Scorpio rising, the second most important sign in esoteric law is Scorpio, (laughs) your rising sign, which is the rising sign is the soul. Why do you think they call it the ascendant? Yeah, I'm curious about that. Can we open that? Yeah. They always, people always say your rising sign describes the way you look. I'm like, that is so tippy. You did not read the esoteric book. 
The rising <laughs> sign, the ascendant is the energetic that your soul is trying to get up into. So Scorpios get a bad rap. The two sides, you've got the two sides yeah. that people say mean things about. Yeah. The little whiny cancer and the mean, vicious Scorpio. Really? <laughs> Esoterically? Those are the two and Capricorn, the three highest signs in esoteric law. It's mm. Cancer because they've swallowed the human nature poison and turned it into love. Scorpio, because you know what Scorpio says? Nothing matters more than my soul. I will destroy my ego in the pursuit of my soul. Wow. So look at you. You came in this <laughs> life with so much conviction. Yeah. You're like, I want to go down there and really grow. And that's my to this audience, your purpose of being alive is to never get stuck. Now that doesn't mean success. That means you keep asking questions. You keep doing your therapy. You keep finding your friends to just, you stay authentic. Success is a random human ego word mm -hmm. that measures it on the outside. Scorpios and Pisces go on the inside. They're like, do I know love? Do I have peace? Do I really care about people? Can I cry? Mm -hmm. Who knew that was success? Hmm. Yeah. There's, there's so much to be like, first of all, you just unpacked a lot in a very short amount of time. And I have a lot of questions. Um, number one, it's kind of funny the cancer thing. I always see on all the memes, they're like, it's cancer season time to cry. And I was like, well, all y'all are crying. I'm over here living my best life because it's like <laughs> the time of like the most expansiveness, love, like even my partner's a cancer. We have two cancers here. And we, we just couldn't be happier. You know, like one of my friends who, and I was listening to an interview that you had with Danica Patrick and you guys talking about Aries, she's a double Aries. And you were saying how Aries is our favorite signs. I always send one of my good girlfriends, all the Aries memes, because they're almost exactly to who she is. Kelsey, uh, shout out for you right now. Um, so, uh, we always laugh about it because she, when me and my partner got together and I was like, Oh, look at us. We're, we're journaling and we're this. And she's like, Oh, disgusting. Like that's total cancer. <laughs> and, and I just laugh because like, I love the, the brilliance of how honest Aries can be. And, um, I love a Gemini spirit because Gemini's are also very honest and, um, and also have a lot of playful energy of back and forth or whatever. And they kind of keep you on your toes a little bit more. Um, so if you can, and we'll do this just super brief. If you can give like a one sentence summation, because people love this shit, a one sentence summation of each one of the signs, that would be super cool. Okay. I'm going to do it from the esoteric, not yes. from the regular. So okay. let me first distinguish. The esoteric is aiming you towards your rising sign, towards your soul. Mm -hmm. Regular astrology, exoteric is aiming you for your ego and your external personality. Mm -hmm. So there's a low road and a high road. The soul is aspiring and the ego is just calling itself needy, needy, needy. <laughs> I want attention. I need to look good. I want to have everybody. So the soul's like, no, no, no. I want to grow. That's yeah. the soul. So the airy soul is fighting for love. Mm. They're not getting pissed off or pissed off. They're trying to keep us engaged. The Taurus soul is seeking stability at all costs because they're wanting to make you feel safe. Mm -hmm. The Gemini soul is all about entertaining you because they're the kid. They never want to age. That soul is just the entertainment center. Mm -hmm. The Cancer soul is saying, please touch your heart. Do not live this life without your hand on your heart. The Leo soul, which is a harder one in esoteric, saying, I want to be so alive that I'm going to wear the brightest colors and the shiniest things so I can be an example, an inspiration to others that this life is meant to be eaten alive, said Leo. <laughs> the Virgo is a pure intention of genuinely serving. 
but not with an ego intention of getting approval or applause, but because they came with this memory of how can I gift to my people the mm -hmm. highest road of the right way to do it. Now they give too much advice for sure, but they genuinely come in with the desire to serve you. The Libra soul is one of the highest in esoteric law. They're trying to get off this male, female ping pong game about the Republicans and the Democrats and the black and the white. And they're trying to say, can we just level the playing field and use beauty as our common goal and not distinctions? Hmm. The Scorpios are saying, I will do anything to be real. I will strip <laughs> For you, I will be sexual, I will be wild, but I will not fake it. Mm -hmm. That's a high road of Scorpio. Now, not everybody likes that, but they do not hold that. Sage's soul said, This lifetime, I am going to speak to all the funniest, wildest things and keep you laughing. So we never take this life too seriously because mm -hmm. the shaman laughs. Any high spiritual being from the Dalai Lama to Mother Teresa to any guru, they have the best sense of humor. That's the Sage energy. Capricorns came in and said, look, as a soul, we are not doing a half-assed job. So if you're going to play with me, we're going for excellence or don't play with me. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So they came in with an kind of an edge that says, I can't stand <laughs> when you do mediocrity and I won't be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the Aquarian soul said, I am here to not do what you tell me to do. I'm preparing the way for the future. I'm off the grid. If you're walking this way, I'm walking that way. And by the way, I'll meet you there in the future. So they, mm. they are here to break the, the lines from what acceptability is. Mm. And last is the Pisces. And they are here. It's, it's hard. This is a hard one from a soul's point of view. They are here to implode with their sadness and their artistic impulse to want to change this place. And so it's a sad quality, but it comes with the rich artist who says, I'm idealizing and creating and making beauty for what I wish was true. So wow. they carry an idealism. Yes, it's very beautiful. This is the high road of each of the 12 signs. It's a great question. Is this within How, the sun sign or the rising? And the rising. You can use okay. both. You can read or listen to that and then apply it to both. And that ultimately go to your rising sign. Huh. Okay. Why is it that when we come in during a particular time that these particular Zodiac signs have this imprint on our life? You know, cause a lot of people are like, well, you know, like that's not, that's not to determine like who you are or whatever. It's a personality type bullshit. You know, why is it that we do find that we have a lot of these similarities in our Zodiac signs? It's a question I, to be perfectly honest, cause you know how I am to so the Gemini. I don't know why, why is a crooked letter, what they teach you in psychology, don't ask your client why, because it puts you <laughs> right in your head, start making up shit, MSU, making shit up, not my specialty, that's not what I'm really good at it, but I'm not doing it today. I, I would say there's a divine, this is why I'm in love. There's a divine imprint that's been handed to us from a long time ago that is well-worn and true. And what the answer is less about why, but more about how it works mm -hmm. is that we are divinely orchestrated and organized by a vibrational impulse that operates beyond the conscious understanding. And isn't that a wonderful thought that there's this intelligence that works across all time, well-worn and never gives up. And we're living examples. And if it's not the sun sign, listen, if you don't believe in astrology, why are you listening to spiritual shit? If you <laughs> astrology, what are you doing here? If you do believe in astrology, it allows you to suspend your left brain, the logical system and lean into your heart and what you know to be true in your body. And no one's going to argue when I do a reading for them or any of my certified astrologers, they always finish going, I can't believe what just happened. Like mm. 
you know, I have had the pleasure. It's so funny. The most valuable player of the year in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers. He took level one and two in my school. He's a genius, a quarterback. Who knew that he could be that smart? <laughs> he is a total ringer for his five count them planets in Sagittarius and the eighth house of Scorpio. And he was so fun to watch a total skeptic, had no information, become a full believer in a weird situation, like a football player, <laughs> so random. And, and yet it gives confirmation that that matrix operates through all of us. And once the intelligent mind is willing to open and move over to the right brain, the female, the intuition, the instinctual self, you begin to see this is true. So I can't answer why, but I can certainly say in no uncertain terms after millions of years, it still works. Wow. And to me, that's, there's, there's something, I think you said it in one of your interviews I was listening to, but um, it's almost like a, it's like a love letter from the universe kind of that they're still like putting that out there for us. Like they're still like creating these types of imprints that help us understand ourselves. And I, I, I find that really beautiful way to look at that. I never thought of that. It's a love letter. Yeah. I said that on Danica's interview and she said, how come people don't believe in astrology? And I said, you can't see love and you believe in it. You can't see gravity and you believe in it. Why can't you can't see the planets, but you, it works. The moon affects the water. Every melt, full moon we've watched. I live in Hawaii most of the time. The tides, it's as predictable and consistent. Why do we argue? We don't argue with the moon's influence. And we know every single day by degree, to your point about astronomy, we know the science. And how did they know in Egypt, the science to execute a chart? You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. No sense. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. So when, when someone is looking at their chart, um, a lot of times when people ask on the show, um, you know, they're trying to look for their career path or their ultimate path, what are they supposed to do with their life or whatever, if it can determine kind of like our personalities and what we know about ourselves, can it determine the things that we don't know? Um, how do we figure out what our path is by our chart? I love that. Can it figure out the things we don't know? Absolutely. Yes. Never heard someone ask that. I'm looking at your chart and the clue is the midheaven. So on the very top of the chart, it says MC. Mm -hmm. And that's a Latin term for the zenith of the sky. Like what was on the heat, heat the height. That was the word I was looking for, the sky. Mm -hmm. And yours was Leo. I don't know if you knew this. Hmm. So your midheaven, the career, that describes your highest calling, your purpose. And you look at that MC, that little marker, and you get the clue. What was I supposed to be doing? Yours is in Leo. And it tells me that you came in this life to be public, to be seen, to do, and it's, you've got Mercury. When you were born, I don't know if you know this, right above the hospital bed and your mother gave birth to you was Mercury. And Mercury is the communicator, which huh. rules podcasts, which huh. rules reading and journaling, which rule, and it's in Leo doing it with flair. So you're the number one podcast on Apple. Apple, you know, it's like you, <laughs> this is your Leo ambition. So that, yes, if I were looking at your chart and you said to me, what should I be doing? I'd say, you're supposed to be seen in the public Leo Midheaven and you've got to speak to it because Mercury's there. So use your words. Interesting. You know, it's so funny because I don't, I don't, um, it's not until recently that I felt very comfortable being forefront because podcast is easy because it's like just the voice. Um, but now it's like video and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's like really you uncomfortable. Why? Because there's a square because you've got Leo on the Midheaven, but you've got Scorpio as a rising sign. That's fire and water. Mm. Scorpio doesn't want to be seen. No. They're water. They want to hide. <laughs> Leo wants, you've got a conflict. But, mm -hmm. and as an astrologer, I would say to you, excuse me, you promise to be seen, even though your Scorpio doesn't want to, you must. And so here we are. 
Wow. That's funny. I had a psychic actually recently say, Hey, I see here that you're going to have, you need to be a performer. Like you're supposed to be in front of people. And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) I have to said the Scorpio. (laughs) Um, so when, when people are looking for more guidance, um, you know, like astrology is, uh, tends to be something that people look at kind of like fun. Oh, it's a novelty thing or whatever. I personally find this to be very serious science that this is like, okay, this could really help. Like you said, like kind of give clues to what we're looking for in our career. What about love? When people are looking for compatibility, that seems to be a, a striker. They go to CoStar or uh, the pattern or one of those apps or whatever. And I'll, let's look at your, what time are you born? You know, kind of thing. And there's so many memes about if she hasn't asked for your birth time, she's not that into you. <laughs> find it great. Um, so what is the, what is the truth in that to be able to look at someone's chart and see the compatibility for the possibilities or probabilities for love in the future? A commercial break. I want to speak to the serious part of you just for a second. Yeah, let's go. You, not only were you born with mercury on the midheaven telling me your career is to be a communicator in Leo performing and, but you've got Saturn sitting at the Eastern horizon at the moment of your birth, Saturn was there. And that tells me you're very serious. Your soul, the the (laughs) Eastern horizon is your soul. It's your rising sun. Mm -hmm. And Saturn was, so you never take things light. You're like, this is really serious. (laughs) Comment on that. Compatibility in astrology, hundred percent valuable. Like this is so funny. I've been on this um, dating app, which is for people that are very successful or something like that. And so the woman provides, it's like a matchmaking service. It's just yeah. bizarre. So she sends me the information. I look at the birthday and then she called me that day. She was like, Deborah, no one else has asked for the birth date of every person we suggest and said no before you met them. I was like, well, <laughs> there's this thing called compatibility that is 100% accurate. And I'm so sorry, but send me the birth dates. <laughs> She was like, you're a little eccentric. I was like, oh, really? Mm. I haven't heard that before. I haven't heard that before. I was going to say that. <laughs> so how do people, how do people utilize it? Cause I know that a lot of people are using that as far as their, you know, they're just going on an app and letting the app tell them, but do they have any kind of autonomy for themselves yes. to be able to find out? Yeah, we have, I have certified over a dozen people who are really well-trained. I've put them through a rigorous, I have strong Saturn, like you do. I'm serious. I don't do things that way. <laughs> yeah. So I have some, and there's several of them that are specializing in compatibility. So you can ask me, you can always write to Silverman support at Gmail and say, I heard Deborah does matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fine. And I will matchmake people and say, this is who you should go see. Cause your chart will work with this astrologer and they can look at your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very real, and if that's your question, and compatibility, ready for this, the U2 cancers are the same. When mm-hmm. people are the same, it's much easier to understand. Yeah. When they're opposite, it's supercharged to begin with, but then it gets really frustrating because you want the window open, they want the window closed, you want to stay up at <laughs> night, they want to go to sleep. It's confusing. Yeah, absolutely. My my partner, I can't remember, I think his, his moon is a Taurus and... Gosh, I'm forgetting what his rising sign is. Um, but I do, I thought about that. We went on a vacation, not a vacation, we went on a trip uh, last week. And I thought, how great is it that I never get tired of him? You know, like I'm not ever like, oh, I need some space away from you or anything like that. Not even in a, like a romantic. No cancers. Like, we're just, we just vibe. We want to spend time with each other. And then he leaves to go to the other room. And I'm like, where are you going? Like, you going to- <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, it's so cancer. See, that's so compatible. If you're both earth and water. Yeah. But my ex was a Sagittarius. Which and is easy for you. 
it was, it was very tumultuous. That's what I'm trying to say. So compatibility is real and don't argue with the stars. And I always say that Cupid has no eyesight. She just throws that arrow and she certainly doesn't know astrology. So <laughs> after she throws the arrow and you're intoxicated and I'm so in love, then you have to go see an astrologer and go, uh-oh, Cupid did that thing to me. Mm. Is this accurate? Is this helpful? Do I need to know how to get along with this person? Yeah. So I, I know that like in uh, Hindu tradition, when they do matchmaking, they go to an astrologer. This, they've been oh, doing that for, for eons and that's been a big part of their culture. You're so right. That's very cool. Um, so what about people who are with someone already and they're kind of in it already? How can they look at the differences in their chart to, to facilitate better relationships? Yeah, when Cupid came and did her thing and oopsie. Um, <laughs> the answer is you go study astrology. This is really the answer to every question for me. <laughs> like how many times I have school and I can't tell you how many letters I get of gratitude after level one, where they go, now I know why he never talks. Mm. He has no air in his chart. Or now I know why she's always cleaning before I put the cup down. She's got in the dishwasher. She's got so much earth and the compa- That's what I was saying when we started, mm. then suddenly the compassion, there's no more mean. And you get to say to your partner, I want nothing more than for you to be you. I'm so sorry. Cause what, what do women do? We try to change everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, don't you want to eat this? Honey, did you, did you forget your, like, stop. Mm-hmm. I had to really call myself out on that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a parent. Cause you tell your kids like, why don't you look at their chart first and know why they don't want to go to the party mm-hmm. because they don't have any air in their chart and they don't like to socialize, even though you're all air, do not do that to your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my, so I just had a baby and, um, she's, she's the love of my life. But I remember when we were getting ready to have her and we were, we had this whole induction or whatever. I was like, please don't come early because I feel like it's going to be a difficult match. If she is an Aries and an Aries and a cancer, like I have great Aries friends, but I feel like an Aries daughter for me would have been a harder match than a Taurus daughter. Do you have any truth in that? What happened? Huh? She's a Taurus. She came May 1st, like smack, like right before it turned to May 2nd. And, um, so far, you know, in the five months we've been together and she can't can't talk yet. So we don't know. (laughs) Um, but she, you you little cancer, you can feel the comparison. So like, she's so grounded. Like she's very, like, she just wants to be, you know, like on you, like intimate. We have a, one of my stepson, he's an Aries and he's, he's very distant. He wants his space and he, he, he wants, he's very direct and we love him. Like he's wonderful. Um, he may be a bit honest <laughs> in some ways that I'm like, you know, I feel like that as a friend is awesome, but that as a child is harder for me as a cancer being so sensitive. No, that's so true. Listen, I did for a long time. I used to do C-sections. That was trippy. So the doctor would call, you know, the woman would call the doctor and say, here's my options. And oh, I would get a chart wow. compatible because they're, you're right. A fire sign for you can be harsh. A fi- my kids, I have a double Aries for a kid, completely compatible because mm-hmm. my moon's in Aries. Yeah. So we're back to that compatibility word again. And and God is very funny. She sends kids to us that are our teachers. So mm-hmm. you often get the kid that doesn't match. So you can see how compassionate you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend, uh, her, her son, I think, yeah, he's an Aries and she's also a cancer. And I see how much issue they have with their personalities, buddy. And I was like, oh no, please not me. 
good for you. You got what you asked for. Yes. Yes. I got lucky this time. Um, so as far as like people moving forward, like, I mean, people can learn about astrology, you know, and do their own reading and so on. Um, when they're kind of marking out their past and looking for, um, you know, what's in their future, is it, is it, is it so much so that it's imprinted for them that it gives them kind of a framework and a guide for what their soul came in for, or is it something that's kind of like, you know, predestined? Um, cause sometimes people think that like, this is a very like hard, like, okay, I don't have any free will here then here, if this is how I'm supposed to be, and this is how things are going to be, then, you know, I'm, I'm SOL. Um, or is it more of a guided framework that can help you have better understanding? How does it, how does that part work? It's such a great question. Your little Mercury showing up again in the minute. I've got some questions for you, Deborah. Um, here's the answer. There's about an inch of free will. Who you marry and those kids and the dog you get and who you're going to, you get free will once the Cupid finishes her arrow, but that was all destined. You cannot argue with the parents you got or the best friend or the brother. You All that stuff was written. The, mer- the, the mystery or the variable is you have a choice factor at any point in this movie. At any moment, you guys, if you're stuck somewhere, you honest to God, you can choose again. And that's the power play. I have free will when it comes to circumstances that have been laid down upon me. I have a book that I've written called The Missing Element. And there was a man that spent 27 years in prison in the air chapter. And I helped him get out, which is a very cool story. Wow. But, that, but the point of it was, he taught me, he said, I said, how did you do it, Kenny? 27 years in prison and you never had a fight. You never argued. How did you do it? And he said, prisons between your ears. Hmm. I just kept myself free. I was like, pardon. (laughs) So there is a free will button about what you do inside your head around the choices that have been being able to make. What am I going to eat? Will I be healthy? Will I not be healthy? And that's a powerful muscle. And it really becomes the mastery of a lifetime to be able to say, and here's my favorite song, ready? Falling in love with your fate, falling in love with your fate, falling, 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 (laughs) falling in love with your fate, fall in love with it. Because you cannot argue with your body type, mm-hmm. with the physical symptoms that you've been handed when you were born or with the energy level. What you can do, however, is make intelligent choices by studying astrology and falling in love with your fate. Once that happens, the free will door opens. Mm-hmm. But until then, you are a victim to your circumstance. It's really true. There are things you, you can't change your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Try as you might. Anybody who tries. <laughs> and that imprint that happened as a kid where you really got hurt, where those girls were really mean to you, or where that guy broke your heart, that was written. Mm-hmm. Now, your rewrite, I have a course called Tell Me a Story. It's called tmas.co is a landing page. And you can tell your story and complain. And then I help you turn on the observer and get to the free will button and the door opens. But you've got to stay true to the pain. And you know, this as a cancer, you can't bypass and get all spiritual spiritual and do spiritual shit and go, it's okay. It all works. Perfect. It was all meant to be bullshit. It was all meant to be, except it was meant to be, but you had, what you left out was, how do I choose to raise this to the high level? In astrology, there's a low road and a high road, Mm -hmm. every single sign. Choose the high road and you won't believe the magic. Hmm. That's really empowering because I know that for a lot of listeners and even myself included, like there's a big part of me that understands, like, you know, you come into the world and you feel like, okay, I know what my, like, I feel very intuitive as a person. And I know that I I have a very clear idea of like what my purpose is, but 
getting to the place where I understand and feel comfortable with that purpose is a whole other story. Um, and it took a while to get there, to get to a place where I was like, okay, I'm going to be on front of people. I'm going to be doing this or whatever. That's not something necessarily in my comfort zone. Um, even when you said to the body thing, I just did an episode last week about you know, like how you look is the least important part about you, you know, and you coming to terms with like what it is that you have to offer from the inside and making that free will button choice and getting outside of the, the prison circumstances of what you think you're not here to offer um, and getting off the low road, essentially, as you said it. So um, I'm curious personally now, since you have my chart in front of you, <laughs> of, of anything interesting that stands out, because like my listeners have listened to the show, you know, the, thank you guys for listening so Hi. much and being very loyal in- listeners. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what comes up for you that you feel like is, is noteworthy to mark. It's very simple. Your chart is very clear. I wish I could share the screen. Um, if you gave me power, sister, I, could, <laughs> I don't know if you want people to see it, but it's certainly sitting here in my screen. Let's see if we can do that. Um, if you just make me the host, I will share the screen and they will be able to see. Okay. Ready? So here is your chart. So, okay, people who are listening to this on the podcast, you have to be a part of Patreon, the lovelylia.com to see this video, to be able to look at this stuff. Okay, That's go ahead. A cool chart. Okay. So what we see, let's see if I push this, will it get even bigger? So what we see is you have three planets. This is very simple in the ninth house. Here's number nine. And this is the house of the philosopher. Hmm. So I know immediately in this lifetime, you are a seeker. Mm-hmm. You can, you have an appetite. And then remember I said about the midheaven, the top yeah. of the chart, yeah. here's Mercury, the little guy with his hand on his head. Oh. So you came in with this, look how perfect it's 20 degrees, your midheaven and your Mercury is 20 degrees sitting exactly on the top of the chart. You came in and promised to be a voice for us. And yes, you must communicate, but look, this big red line. Uh-huh is squaring the, the, as I described, your Leo does not match your Scorpio. There is a red line called fire and water. They conflict. Mm-hmm. So there's a reluctance for your Scorpio soul to mm-hmm. stand up and stand out. But that was the promise. So I'm going to echo what we said earlier. You are here to not perform, but be our voice. And so these deep questions you're asking as a philosopher to me today <laughs> reveal the ninth house. Then you have this position, Saturn, the upside down question mark here, sitting on your soul. This is the rising sign. The AC is the rising sign. Mm-hmm. So here's where your mom was when she, when you were born in the middle of the chart above her head was Mercury and on the horizon, here's the horizon exact point was Saturn was sitting there and Mars in Scorpio. You are so focused when you get on something yeah. and your intention is to get something done. Do not get in the way of Leah. Okay. Just leave her alone and just agree <laughs> with her. Do not fight. Do not disagree. Just say to her, she's on a mission. so this is a very strong just this one forget everything else in the chart having saturn sitting on your ascendant i know that in this lifetime your soul because the ascendant is the soul the rising sign you guys can write this down is the soul Mm -hmm. you've got the planet of the wisdom keeper sitting here and you have three planets in the house of the philosopher wow this woman is a seeker and she's going to share it with the public in leoian fashion even though her scorpio goes do i have to (laughs) And then last but not least, we have this beautiful um, signature. Here's your moon that is, by the way, in Aries. Did you know you're zero degrees? No, I didn't know that. Here's the moon. And it says zero degrees. You're right on the cusp. So you do have a little feisty thing going on from time to time. I would not want to argue when you're on a mission. Yeah. Let her run. (laughs) Yes. Am I right or am I right? You're a hundred percent right. 
I love when people say that. And then, <laughs> and then I'm just going to say that this beautiful relationship between your sun and your moon, this big blue line, you've got a natural harmony that exists between your feminine sensitivity and your beautiful mother. You're great. This is a short answer. You are a really, really good mom. Oh, it's one of the most natural things this lifetime you will find about yourself that when you're able to give to someone, especially with all that focus, you're like, I got this. Mm. So your partner, your stepson, they're, they're all being blessed by your genuine caretaking when you're not working because there's two parts of you. You're the mom and you're the lover and you're the kind, and then you're on a mission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this, you couldn't be more right. And what's interesting, I've never seen anybody um, like, so I always see the chart and I never know what it means. Um, so all the little symbols and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, you being able to spell that out and show me those lines. I talk like English. That. Yes. Like, this is great. Cause like, I, I think I heard that on uh, Danica's show, the one that I listened to um, so much is that we get lost in a lot of the lingo and jargon that happens with astrology that it makes it so inaccessible. Why do you think that that was something so, you know, specific for you? I know that's part of your mission to be able to like, to speak English with that. Why? She's doing that. Why question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say my Mercury's in Taurus. So my, my, your Mercury's in Leo and you've got this flare and you get so excited and you're so enthusiastic and spiritual shit by brought to you by Aaliyah. My Mercury's in Taurus. And I'm like, is it practical? Am I giving <laughs> useful information? Can I slow it down a little bit so they can swallow this and stick it in their heart? <laughs> like I talk English so you can take it home and apply it. And that's why my school is called Applied Astrology. I teach it in very simple. And by the end of a six-week class, which only happens twice a year, in January and in September, we have a school. And after the six weeks, people loved astrology, but they, they did this jargon thing where they go like, my Neptune's opposite Venus from my second to my eighth house. I'm like, just tell me if I'm going to fall in love. I, I don't need <laughs> doing all that. So I, as a therapist, took astrology and said, I want people to actually apply this. Mm -hmm. And so I practice and my students, all, all the astrologers I've trained speak less and less jargon, more and more English, but they point directly to, for example, your purpose is life, Saturn and Scorpio. You promised you would go deep mm. and you would confront the shadow yeah, and you would deal with topics no one wanted to talk about. And even though your, your Mercury and Leo wants to make everything so colorful, you're like, not without depth, not without, you know, spirituality and real philosophy. I'm not going to do it. So you made a promise with Saturn. We have one whole class just on what's the reason you're here. Hmm. What's more important. I don't even understand all these astrologers. I get, I get, I don't want to be a bitch, but I, I get. <laughs> tired of all the jargon. I can't even follow it. And I'm a <laughs> I'm like, just make it applicable mm -hmm. and help me understand and then shift my consciousness so I can then help others. And that's what level two is in my school. We have struck people just like you that come in fascinated, kind of curious level one, then level two, they're doing readings mm -hmm. within two classes. You are able to pay yourself back and do the readings and actually become an astrologer. And it's happened to thousands of women have gone through my school. How many men do you get? Not a lot. <laughs> but you know what? It used to be all men. There was no acceptance or allowance for women ever to be an astrologer. Really? And did you know that until 1980s, there was never a female rabbi in the history of our planet? 
So it's same thing with priests. I mean, we, we are only now women and now the pendulum astrology and the other way. Yeah. All these women taking my classes, which makes me so happy. Oh, you know, and I love, um, so I just, I love, first of all, that you've been in this game for a while and like, cause sometimes we have, you know, people, wonderful people on the show, but like, I, I am 30, how am I? 37. Uh, so I've been a practicing card reader for about, you know, five or six years. Um, but to have 40 years under your belt and to be able to see how much it's changed, um, is probably really exciting. Like just to see how much it's transformed. What well, was it like when you first started? It was frustrating. I was in graduate school and I went to my supervisor and said, I want to do a research. <laughs> I can't believe it, it was 1980s. Like, I want to say 81, 82, I went to my supervisor and said to her, I want to do a research project on astrology and mental illness. And she was like, pardon? <laughs> like, I did it. I said, yeah. I'm not, you know, I have a very strong mind. I was like, let me just show you, I will do research. I will work in the mental hospital and I'll do the, all the charts of all the things. Oh my God. Wow. And you did it? I did it. And it was a high correlation. There was no debate. And she, thank God, let me. Now I did go to Antioch, which was an alternative, not alternative, but uh, they they did let me have my way. And so, yes, just your point. For so many years, even now, when I tell people I'm an astrologer and a psychotherapist, they just leave the astrologer over there. They're like, it still has a lot of stigma. Yeah. Are you still, you're practicing psychotherapist still? Well, I have, there's 50 employees. They're all women in my company. So I'm a little busy. I, I run a company where I teach a school. I have tell me a story where I help people learn how to undo their story. And I have a school twice a year. I have 30 mentors and 20 employees that run the business in different facets. And way so to I know Deb. Yeah. yeah it, I was, I didn't start off this way, but my vision in no uncertain terms was how can I spread the simple language and what will it take for me to do that and i did these videos you probably saw them on youtube i they, saw them yeah <laughs> seven million hits people have watched me act like a public schizophrenic i i, get, <laughs> I, I do 12 different personalities five minute vignettes you guys just go to youtube and put in deborah silverman cancer and you'll watch me yes that one was funny <laughs> and that put me on the market and that opened the door and i became you know an influencer and then i said i want to teach hmm. yeah is this what keeps you so young? Everyone asks that. I think, yeah, it's because I'm in my, I'm almost 65 years old. Which is I, ridiculous. I, you don't look anywhere close. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's the fact that I'm so in love with this. I mean, we're back to the beginning of this interview. <laughs> I'm so in love with astrology. I, I wish so much that the, I don't understand why we resist it when it's such a medicine. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Why are there people that doubt it? It's because you can't see it. Because logic, you cannot see love and we all trust it and we all count on it from the moment that baby lands in your hands, you're in love. You have, how did that happen? You don't even know that person. You put him on your boob, stuck him in the bedroom and now you're like looking in the face going, I love you. Well, why does that seem okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's, it's so funny because literally the other day I was looking at her and I'm like, I felt like I've known you my whole life. Like, and you just came out, I grew you. Like I made you, like you were living in my stuff. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm freaking out about this concept, you know, having this existential crisis while she's sitting here trying to like drink. And <laughs> I'm just thinking like, this is, this is the most bizarre Thank action of, of humanity. The experience never of humanity, question never question it. You know what I said after my first baby, I kept saying this, who else am I in love with that I don't know? 
<laughs> that was a great question. Like who else? Like this baby, like I'm madly in love. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's well, like, why is that okay? Why is it okay to have a baby land in your house, in your bed, on your boob, and no one challenges like that's weird. But if you say to them, there's an imprint that came through the cosmos that describes your purpose. And it's going to help you fall in love with you. It's going to liberate your psychology and take you home. And they go, oh, come on. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. I'm, I'm currently reading um, a book called My Big Toe uh, by Thomas W. Campbell. Have you heard of that book? It's, it's essentially- it was a movie. Wasn't it a movie? I, I don't know. I think it was a movie. What, tell me, it's the guy, tell me, I saw this movie. Uh, Thomas W. Campbell. I'm I'm in the middle of reading it because we're we're gonna have him on the show, but he does talk about the um the causality. I'm gonna get this wrong because I just started reading it, but the causality of our universe and like these these concepts that we have that are very limiting to oh our body. You are so on the mid with <laughs> was perfectly arising with Saturn on the ascendant. She's serious about this, kids. I'm this is this is not just playing here. <laughs> But it's, it, it is, it is, it is enthralling for me because there is this, the, the, okay. So just to give you some background, you don't know me. I don't know you very well, but there is this, um, I've been an intuitive. I used to see ghosts when I was little, like, I, you know, I have a lot of the connection, mediumship connections and channeling connections. And it was always so strange to me that everybody would rebuff this thing. Like it was like, this can't happen. This isn't possible. Are you making it up or you're crazy? And I always thought like, that's, that's so bizarre to me, the things that we call crazy and the way that we limit ourselves and the way that we, out of our own fear of other people calling us crazy, that we don't allow ourselves to, uh, experience the expansiveness of our human experience. And so the whole point of even me starting this podcast was like, I'm so sick of people being like this, you know, like I want to find my people. I want to talk to my people and I want to be able to give people space also to feel that it's okay for them to entertain some of these other things. And so when I looked at astrology out out of all of the quote unquote woo woo new age things, I said, this of all of them is the most logical, rational, most like science. How many years, like, do you have to go back? Like, as you already know, by my chart, how much I would research something like this, it's, it's ridiculous how much had to be put into it in order to find these functions for each one of the imprints, like the, the degrees or whatever, like nobody can just pick up astrology. Like you, ha- you have to study it. And so I'm like, how do you, how does anyone call that woo woo? It is so beyond me. It's dumb. Like <laughs> you're like my favorite new commercial. And <laughs> it's so true. You're hundred percent true. And by the way, your chart is a medium Scorpio rising with sun and cancer, double water. This is what you learn. I wish that I could just take you to my school, take your little hand, put you down and say, you're going to do level one. I'm going to give you the, the we have an influencer discount, but I, you would be such a natural because it's so simple. Let's do it. We're going to do it. I'm gonna, and, and people, all the people from your podcast, like we have a school and it starts in January. And by the way, in December, you could be one of, I love you already. I, this has been probably one of the best. No, seriously. You are exceptionally good interviewer. No surprise. Mercury in the Midheaven doesn't surprise me, but you <laughs> brought out the best points. And I, I appreciate your respect Thank for astrology you. without really having a deep understanding. You've got an instinctual knowing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you. <laughs> what were you going to say about December? 
We have a 10 day free challenge where people can come and watch me work for one hour every day for free. I'm going to have an influencer like you sitting next to me. And then people are going to be able to come and bring me their charts and I'm going to do popcorn. And at the end of 10 days, I'll tell them if they want, they can come to school, but I'm going to yeah. tease the shit out of them. <laughs> Uh, well, I, Deborah, you are like, first of all, you're such a wonderful energy. You said you live in Hawaii. I live right now. I'm in Colorado with my favorite crystal. I live half the time in Boulder and the other half in Hawaii. So all winter I'll be in Hawaii. Where in I, Hawaii? On Kauai. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Like I've been having like a thousand signs over and over and over Wait. that I need to go to Kauai. Aaliyah, you, uh, you tell me, I really like you. You tell me when you want to come. Uh -huh. I'm gonna, we're going to stop this little interview. I'm going to give you my phone number and you have personal access to Deborah Silverman. All right. That sounds awesome. Well, don't do it yet. Yeah, baby, uh, <laughs> baby. What about the baby? I will definitely bring the baby. The baby's coming. Uh, I have this strong connection to Lumeria and yes, like, what, exactly right. there's something there with that. And I was like, I have to go. There's something supposed to be unlocked for me there when I go. hundred percent true. It's my home. And it's uh, where I literally don't get in a car. I am in the ocean every single day. That's my youth. I think my youth is that I am in devotion to the elements. My book called The Missing Element. Do you even know about my book? No, let's talk about it. Okay, well, why can't I just give it to you? Why do we have to live in cyberspace? <laughs> I don't like cyberspace. I should please, please send it to me. Guys um, who are listening to this interview, obviously you can see the energy between me and Deborah. <laughs> like, we're just getting along. This is the first time we've ever talked. A therapist because it's so obvious you're something this is the so fun element and the subtitle is compassion for the human condition hmm. and it's basically on page 47 you turn to that page and you take a little short test and then you figure out your missing element which by the way in your chart you probably don't even know this you are missing earth so the practical world like when it comes to numbers and money and taking care of details you're like God. I'll do it, but I don't like this. A hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. You would read the earth chapter. So that's when you would open up and go, oh, here's how you grow the missing element. And that's the first thing I said in the show is you have to keep growing. And it's like four wheels in a car. If one wheels down, but your husband, your partner, whatever he's called, he's Taurus. So he's earth. Mm -hmm. So it's helped ground you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, I like, I feel, I wish we could talk for so much longer. <laughs> Well, I will get your phone number after the show is over. We can talk oh, yeah. uh, further you're, you're later. That's a um, done deal. Maria's calling you. <laughs> Before we go, um, can you tell everybody where to find you? You go to Instagram on Deborah Silverman Astrology. It's D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology. You go to my website, Deborah Silverman Astrology. You find me underneath the bed because I don't like to see a lot of people, but I, you can find me when you want to on my Facebook page. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I'm just... Um, and you can go, hey, if you're brand new to astrology, you can order my book online on my page inside my website, and I'll put your chart in it, and I'll send you a signed version. So you can get it on Amazon, and we have Good. 550 comments on Amazon. We got, we're a five, the book is really an easy read, and I poured my heart into it, and um, so you can go get the book on Amazon, but you can also, I will mail it to you with your chart. Oh, awesome, guys. Go and buy that right now right now. <laughs> uh, guys, if you like this episode, please share it with someone you love and uh, we will see you in the next one. I 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.